good morning, good afternoon, good evening. You're listening to the Thai Expat Daily Show. I'm your host, Kieran Mack, and thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to like this video if you're watching us on YouTube, and please do subscribe. We're also available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and a host of other podcast players. Now that that's all done, let's jump into today's show. Well, hello there and welcome back to the Thai Expat Daily Show. Today is Thursday, the 31st of March, 2022, and we're going to jump in and cover a story we spoke about last week. Army TV channel director replaced over Russia-Ukraine war coverage. The head of the Army-owned TV Channel 5 is being replaced amid reports of controversial meetings and orders regarding news coverage of the Russian invasion of Ukraine. A source said on Tuesday that Army Commander-in-Chief General Narong Pan has ordered the replacement of Channel 5 President General Rang Si with Lieutenant General Wissanti, Director of the Army Training Command, effective on April 7th. All three generals were members of Class 22 at the Armed Forces Academy Preparatory School and General Narong Pan and General Rang Si have been close friends for over 40 years since then. Lieutenant General Wasanti was expected to run the military TV channel for six months until his retirement in October. Now, General Rang Si said on Tuesday that he had not been sacked because he sent his resignation letter to the Army Chief on Monday. He said he had personal reasons for resigning effective April 7th. Asked if it stemmed from an order that the channel not report news about Russia-Ukraine war, General Rang Si said that depended on the judgment of the media. General Rang Si had earlier assigned the pro-government top news TV team to supply news content to Channel 5. Recently, he met the Russian ambassador to Thailand and signed an agreement about the channel's news coverage of the war. He said he intended to ensure more balanced news in comparison with reports by Western media. Under the agreement, Channel 5 staff would verify reports with the Russian embassy and also present news from Russia. This led to criticism of the neutrality of the channel. General Rangsi later promised the Ukrainian ambassador to Thailand that news coverage would be neutral. However, sources said that the Prime Minister, Prayachanacha, was concerned about the issue and ordered Channel 5 to refrain from covering news about the war. On Monday, the team supplying news to Channel 5 was presenting a report about the war and its signal was abruptly disconnected. That led to speculation that the top news team would withdraw from the channel at the end of the month. Now moving along, the Thai cabinet rejects draft progressive liquor bill. The Thai cabinet rejected the Move Forward Party's draft progressive liquor bill yesterday, which seeks to liberalise the production of liquor for non-commercial purpose. Deputy Government Spokesperson Richada Dandarek said that the cabinet rejected the bill because liquor production for non-commercial purposes is already possible, provided that the production process complies with quality and environmental controls to ensure the safety of those who consume it. She said that the cabinet has instructed the finance ministry to amend its regulation regarding liquor production in a way that does not restrict the right of the public to produce liquor for non-commercial purposes. She said that controls on the safety standards of the liquor and on environmental impacts from the production process are nonetheless still mandatory. 
Now, the Move Forward Party member from Bangkok, who initiated the draft bill, told the media after the cabinet meeting yesterday that he had consulted with officials from the excise department about quality and safety issues on several occasions. He said that consumers would naturally reject liquor or beer if it tastes bad and the products will not be sellable, adding that the issue he wants addressed is that ordinary people cannot produce liquor or beer while the very rich can. During the cabinet meeting yesterday, the Ministry of Social Development and Human Security said that the Move Forward Party's draft progressive liquor bill is just a political ploy to win public support in the next election. He said the Move Forward Party should have realised that such a bill would not sail through the lower house anyway, but it decided to push the bill anyway, expecting it to be rejected by the government and enabling it to put the blame on the government for blocking the public from producing their own liquor during their election campaign. According to the non-profit Internet Law Reform Dialogue, the Cabinet's rejection of the draft does not mean that it's automatically dropped. The draft will be shelled for 60 days, after which it will be put on the House agenda for its first reading and the House Speaker can treat the bill as an urgent issue for debate if the Cabinet does not submit its own version of the legalisation after 60 days. Now, Tiab Pakhop has been known as a campaigner against oligopoly in liquor production, as he himself was arrested five years ago for brewing his own craft beer. Yesterday, the cabinet also rejected the Move Forward Party's marriage equality draft bill that seeks to legalise same-sex marriage. The LGBTQ community in Thailand was dealt a serious setback when the cabinet rejected the Move Forward Party's draft marriage equality bill, which sought to legalise same-sex marriage in the country. This, however, does not mean that the draft will be completely rejected, explained the non-profit Internet Law Reform Dialogue, that's ILaw, because it can enter Parliament for a first reading. The Deputy Government Spokesperson told the media after the weekly Cabinet meeting that the Draft Marriage Equality Bill is similar to the Government's Draft Civil Partnership Bill, which has already been approved by the Cabinet. Although both drafts seek to extend several rights enjoyed by heterosexual married couples, the civil partnership version has been criticised for not going far enough, such as not formally recognising the LGBTQ union as marriage. Other rights missing in the government's draft include adoption and rights to make decisions in case of emergencies, as well as married couples' social security benefits. In an interview with Thai PBS World in February, the Move Forward Party MP, who introduced the marriage equality draft, said that the bill was meant to guarantee equal rights for LGBTQ couples in all respects and that the government may face greater pressure from society if the bill is rejected. The cabinet assigned Sukhothai Thampatarat Open University to undertake further study on the same-sex marriage issue and to report its finding to the cabinet in April. The Ministry of Justice and the Ministry of Social Development and Human Rights, meanwhile, have been assigned to review the draft civil partnership bill once the finding of the university study are available. In February, the lower house voted to forward the Move Forward Party's bill to the Cabinet for consideration before its reading as proposed by PM Office Minister Anuka Nakasai. Tunyuaja said that during the House session that the right to a family is fundamental and is something that everyone in the society understands, but it is something that has been denied to the LGBTQ community, depriving them of their rights, dignity and welfare. He said that the draft marriage equality bill is not a demand for something which does not exist, but seeks a fundamental right which was taken away.
And following up on the meeting in relation to Songkran in Bangkok, the health ministry says no water splashing on Kausan Road during Songkran. The Ministry of Public Health has rejected a request from businesses on Bangkok's famed backpacker haven Kausan Road to allow water splashing, although other ways to celebrate Thailand's traditional New Year Songkran are permitted. Public Health Minister Anatan Sharavakul said today that it is still necessary to keep the risk of COVID-19 infections from close contact to a minimum among Songkran revelers. He admitted though that it will be difficult to prevent people from being close together when they gather at a specific venue. The minister then asked businesses in the Kausan area to be patient and to wait another year before water splashing resumes, noting that public compliance with safety measures is needed as Thailand is moving to classify COVID-19 as an endemic disease tentatively by July. Anatan explained that reducing the risk of infection is not the only prerequisite to attaining the goal of reclassifying COVID-19 because low rates of debt and severe symptoms and health service readiness must also be considered. Stressing the need for self-protection during the Songkran holidays in mid-April, he urged the public to start practicing safety measures from April 1st so they will be familiar with them during the festival. On March 18th, the Centre for COVID-19 Situation Administration announced a further ease of COVID-19 restrictions, including allowing some Songkran celebrations to take place, including traditional water-pouring ceremonies and processions. The Culture Ministry later clarified that water splashing and public parties, which were known internationally, especially on Kausan Road, remains prohibited. The Public Health Ministry also confirmed that there is sufficient favipravir antiviral medicine for distribution to hospitals for symptomatic COVID-19 patients, despite the Rural Doctor Society complaining that there is a widespread shortage. He said that the provincial health office in each province is responsible for distributing favipravir to hospitals, adding that the medicine has been imported and produced locally by the government pharmaceutical organization. Now, according to the disease control department, about 50% of those infected who are asymptomatic do not need favipravir, such as those with mild symptoms, representing 25% of the infected, do not necessarily need the drug and can be treated with other medications in line with their symptoms. Only 25% of the infected need favipravir, which is available in sufficient quantities to meet demand, said the department. Thailand's official daily COVID-19 infections have been above 20,000 since late February. However, the number is believed to be much higher, with a sizable group of more than 20,000 testing positive each day using rapid antigen tests, who would need to have their results confirmed by RT-PCR tests. So there you go, all the fun has been sucked out of Songkran with the excuse of, well, we're not endemic yet so we can't reopen and start to get back to a normal society. Does anybody think that Thailand are using this idea of endemic to continue to have these restrictions here? I do not see any other country around the world really mentioning endemic to the degree that Thailand has been doing it. They seem to be holding this as the benchmark to normality. Whereas if you look in other countries in Europe, the USA, and you know even some of the Southeast Asian countries, they're not talking about endemic. They're talking about living with COVID and reducing restrictions. Thailand seemed to have set it up as we need to be endemic and then we can reduce restrictions. To me, that's not really science-based. And it's also, well, completely against the idea of endemic which really is that only the World Health Organization can declare a disease endemic and Thailand really cannot go it alone in doing it. 
I feel like they don't want to really reopen society. They're used to this power that they've had. I mean, in fairness, we've had an emergency decree now for nearly two years. There really is no need for this emergency decree. You hear the public health minister tell the bars and clubs and establishments in Kowsan Road, just wait one more year, then you can have your big party again. But I think this is going to be the excuse for quite a while with this government. There's no need to be waiting for this endemic status reopen the country, start to drop restrictions, because some of the restrictions in this country and some of the things that are going on are still just nonsensical and not being used anywhere else in the world. Now, I was in Bangkok over the last couple of days and it's a real eye-opener to what is going on in Thailand. You still walk into shops and are taking your temperature. For what? We've all stopped doing that around the world a year ago. So many things that are being done here are being done just for show, I believe and nothing really beyond that. We all know that so many people are asymptomatic who have COVID, so scanning them for their temperature means very, very little. Even the idea that if you fly to Phuket, which is the only province in Thailand where this happens, that you have to have a vaccine certificate to enter. For what? Is Thailand a country or is Phuket its own independent country that's situated off the southwest coast of Thailand? It's hard to know. Rules and regulations are completely different throughout the country. And we will discuss a story in a few minutes where a province in Thailand decided they were going to declare COVID endemic on April 1st. Now, I'm thinking April Fool's joke, but apparently this was not the case. I'm not quite sure that the Thai government at the moment and the people in charge are keeping themselves up to date on what's going on around the rest of the world. We don't need to wait for endemic status to reopen the country to get life back to normal. As I said before, we all know how to take care of ourselves. After two years of dealing with COVID, we are all experts on this. We know that if we go into a crowded area, we should probably wear a mask. We know if we're outside in the fresh air, we don't need to wear a mask. We know that it's probably good to wash our hands a little bit more than we used to in the past. And I think it's time that the Thai government realise that people are seeing through all this nonsense and finally seeing that the only reason these restrictions are all being kept is because possibly the Thai government enjoy the power and the control over the people. Because this is what I'm starting to see. For two years, I was happy to comply with everything that I was asked to do. Play my role in society, to take responsibility for myself, to social distance from other people, to wash my hands, to wear my mask, to put my life on hold for two years. But the Thai government here seem to want people to continue to put their lives on hold while the rest of the world get back to a normal life. Indeed, Singapore, who had some of the strictest COVID-19 measures in the world, are now getting rid of most of the restrictions in their country. So if a country like Singapore, who had such strict standards, can go from one extreme to the other, then Thailand need to follow suit and people need to be allowed to live their lives without having to be constant told what to do, what they can or can't do. And I feel at this stage of this whole pandemic, the idea of continuing to mention endemic when there's no reason for that to be mentioned is only putting an excuse as to why they may not reopen everything come July 1st. I personally think they're looking for excuses to continue this. I don't know for what reason that would be. I guess rich people don't need to worry too much about money during the pandemic. They'll always find a way to, you know, pocket a few billion baht in their pocket while the poor keep getting poorer. Maybe that's the plan behind it all. I don't know. We have an election coming up. You think the government would be thinking election coming in the next year. 
we need to get things open. We need to get money into people's pockets if we want to get reelected. But I don't know. Guys, I'd love to know your opinion, though, on all of this. Why do you think the Thai government are stalling the way they are? When they see their neighbours are all reopening, what is going on within the mindset? I'd love to know your opinion. What do you think they really are thinking? And I'd love to know it all down below in our comment section. And moving along, tourism sentiment in the doldrums. The tourism index in the first quarter remains depressed, while the risk of more unemployment still clouds the outlook for the next quarter, mainly attributed to the Omicron variant and the Russia-Ukraine war, according to the Tourism Council of Thailand. Tourism operators are still struggling to maintain business as the number of tourists have yet to fully rebound due to the current travel rules. This obstacle needs to be removed before more operators collapse, said Chaman Sirisawat, president of the TCT. According to a TCT survey, which polled 200 international travellers during February 20th to March 10th, some 71% agreed that the RT-PCR test upon arrival is a troublesome process while visiting Thailand. Meanwhile, TCT's recent Tourism Confidence Index in the first quarter this year stood at 44, considerably improving from 36 in the same period in 2021, but still declining from 47 in the fourth quarter last year. The index reflects weak tourism confidence as a rating below 100 indicates low confidence among the industry. The poll, which was conducted among 740 operators during February 20th to March 10th, also found that entertainment venues, which have been affected the most by pandemic curbs, have the lowest confidence at only 20, while from 41 in the same period last year. He said 78% of operators are struggling to increase revenue, 45% said their earnings had decreased, what 33% could marginally maintain the same level of revenue as seen in the last quarter. Meanwhile, 14% of 140 hoteliers in the survey nationwide continued to downsize staff despite the country's reopening last November. The most affected segment is entertainment as around 44% of such venues plan to reduce the number of workers in the second quarter followed by spas and massage parlours at 24% and tour operators at 10%. Mr Chamnan said that Thai tourism must retain 40% of 2019's level or 1.2 trillion baht this year from 16 million international tourists and 75 million domestic trips to sustain the whole industry. Thus, the government has to quickly scrap travel regulations, removing the complicated Thailand Pass and RT-PCR test to ease travel as soon as possible. In a separate development regarding the issue of delayed payments to hotel operators who took part in the We Travel Together hotel subsidy scheme, the Tourism Authority of Thailand has established a special task force to inspect the remaining payments, which accounted for 5.24% of total spending of 5.3 billion baht as of March 24th. The process will take no longer than 60 days for operators and tourists to receive payments. And moving along to something I had mentioned previously in one of the last segments, Surin postpones endemic status until after Songkran. The Provincial Communicable Disease Committee has postponed its plan to declare COVID-19 an endemic disease from April 1st until after the Songkran Festival, an official source said. 
The decision was made at a committee meeting on Tuesday afternoon, chaired by the Deputy Government, Sermasak Sisan, with Dr. Sin Chai, the Provincial Public Health Office Chief, and Dr. Pei Tong, Director of Sinarong Hospital, and about 30 other officials in attendance. The meeting took into consideration the current COVID-19 situation and the progress of the province's vaccination campaign before deciding to postpone the plan to declare COVID-19 an endemic disease on April 1st until after Songkran, which is April 13th. The source did not mention the new date or clarify the postponement. The Provincial Public Relations Office on Sunday announced on Facebook that Surin was ready to shift COVID-19 to an endemic classification on April 1st. The governor, Suvapong, said Surin was ready to be the first province to declare the disease endemic. Local people had cooperated well in maintaining public health safety under the Public Health Ministry COVID-free guidelines. On March 10th, the COVID-19 Information Centre said the National Communicable Disease Committee had decided to classify COVID-19 as endemic nationwide starting on July 1st. And finally, the Phuket News Daily Report. 98 million in defaulted COVID insurance payouts hit Phuket. Some 30 people gathered at Phuket Provincial Hall to demand action be taken over insurance companies refusing to pay out COVID-19 coverage claims. In total, 831 people in Phuket have been affected by the defaulted payouts amounting to 98 million. Probe launched into Phuket Police Prostitution Extortion. Phuket Provincial Police Commander Major General Sira Kong has ordered the Talang Police Chief to investigate allegations that at least one Talang police officer was involved in extorting money from a woman under threat of charging her with prostitution. Teen racing on Phuket Pier leaves boy dead. A 13-year-old boy died after his head struck a pylon while he and his friends were racing on Lam Sai Pier in Tep Kasatri, Talang, yesterday morning. And finally, the body of an Iranian drowned on canal boating trip has been found. The body of an Iranian man missing since the inflatable tour boat he was in overturned in a canal in Panya on Tuesday was found Wednesday morning. But ultimately, with this story or anything else that stood out to you today, I'd love to know your thoughts in the comments down below. Because yes, this is a new show, but it's also a conversation. Now keep that conversation going. Make sure you like this video, subscribe to the channel, share the video, and do all the good stuff that does help that YouTube algorithm. But ultimately, my name is Kieran Mack. You've been listening to the Thai Expat Daily Show, and we will see you next time.